going on, Los Angeles? Welcome to the Rams Skinny here on the LA Football Network, live on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Excited to be with you on a beautiful Thursday, Friday, Saturday, whenever you're listening. Um, and we appreciate you making us a part of your day. I'm your co-host, Ryan Dyer, joined by the man himself, Ryan Skinny T. Anderson, here for a fun Rams-Cardinals preview. But first, as always, my friend, how are you doing on this beautiful day? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, my Minnesota Twins did get officially bounced from the playoffs uh, yesterday. Uh, so a little bummed about that. But uh, as they say, there's always next year. How you doing, man? <laughs> always next year yeah well a lot of los angeles fans are obviously disappointed as well because the dodgers swept in their series after another 100 win season um but we won't get into that but uh, i'm good life is good excited i'll be i'm you know heading out to south bend tomorrow for the sc notre dame game so i'm excited to get that experience and and obviously get to cover our trojans and whatnot so um but other than that just business as usual grinding out content, you know, giving it for the people, hopefully. So we thank you all for hanging out. Make sure to like and subscribe to the Rams LAFB YouTube channel. Uh, or if you're listening on podcasts, Apple, Spotify, Google Play, all those good stuff, hit that subscribe as well. And as always, make sure to go to LAFBnetwork.com to check out all of our Rams content. We got Rams podcast, obviously the Rams skinny. And then obviously we have editorial and all of our social handles. You can either go LAFB network or Rams underscore LAFB for Rams only social content. All right. So Sunday skinny, we got the two and three Rams facing off against the one and four Cardinals, a scrappy one and four. Uh, you know, obviously the record doesn't look good, but, but I think they've looked better overall as a team than expected. Very similar to the, this Rams team, kind of the better than expected mantra as rookie head coach Jonathan Gannon has seemingly got these Cardinals at least playing hard and competitive, even with really no quarterback and, and now James Conner going on IR and, and, you know, de- defensive changes and whatnot in one off season. So it, it won't be a pushover game. That being said, Sean McVay is 11 and two against this Cardinals organization since he took over head coach. So as we always kind of start these previews, just kind of what's your overall thought process before we dig deeper into some key matchups. Well, this is one of those matchups that it seems like the Rams offense should be able to take advantage of this team. Um, But we've said that going into every game that they were going to score 30 points and they just uh, were coming off the back of a a 14 point performance against the Eagles. Obviously the Eagles are a different, uh, um, different caliber of team than the Cardinals, but no second half points. We talked all about that in our recap of the game. Um, so that's kind of what I'm looking for is they should be able to dominate at least on that side of the ball. Um, so that's kind of my big, my big picture, big picture take. What are your thoughts? Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of what we talked about in the, um, in the recap episode, we can kind of obviously carry over to here and, and see how this, this team can, can bounce back and it's going to start as always, I'm going to bring it up. Skinny is going to start the running game. Um, the Cardinals are in the bottom tier of run defense, giving up 124 yards per game. So I know they want to sling it. I know we got Cooper Cup back and Puka Nakua looks great, and we'll get into those key matchups. But for me, the overarching, if we're just talking big picture, run the ball 30 times, get Kyron Williams going, get Ronnie Rivers involved. There's a nice change of pace back. 
you're if you get over 125 yards in this game, the Rams are going to be looking at a W. So for me, it's it's simple. Just run the damn ball. Yeah, um, you know you can't uh, say it more succinctly than that. Um, and and Kyron Williams has been really good. And I, you know, it's one of those. I was actually on uh, talking sporty over there with uh, our our uh, Brittany Betts, um, our fantastic host of that show, and uh, we, we were talking all about it. And um, uh, yeah, it's um, there's absolutely there's no reason why they shouldn't do it, but it is just one of those confusing things. Um, and it seems to be a second half issue as well. Um, but I do think I, th- I think the Rams are going to get out in front uh, early on in, in this game. And hopefully that will be enough. Uh, but the the Cardinals have, have have been scrappy. You know, they beat the Dallas Cowboys. Nobody saw that coming. Uh, they, they themselves have scored uh, some points, uh, you know, against uh, the Giants. They put up 28, um, uh, just 20 last week. Um, so. Yeah, I don't. Uh, it, 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 I don't feel great going into this game, just because of the chance that uh, another fourth quarter or a second half fourth quarter kind of falling apart or anything like that. Um, I don't know. Do you? Do you? What do you think? Uh, blowout? What do you? Are you thinking a close game? You know, I. It's hard because this is one of those teams that the Rams and McVay have just had their number. Um, obviously McVay being 11 and two against them. And and you see, you know, who's lining up with quarterback, no disrespect to Josh Dobbs, but at least back when Kyler Murray was there, there was the, the art of deception of like, okay, which Kyler Murray are we going to get? Like he obviously has a lot of talent and can take games over when healthy. Uh, but, you know, I don't think we'll see anything crazy from Josh Dobbs who, you know, in, in last week's game through, you know, two interceptions, only 166 yards on 50%. Uh, or less than 50% completion percentage, like 48% completion percentage. So, and and again, no James Conner as he got injured in that game last week and now on on IR. So there's really no existential threat. You know, everyone, if you forgot, DeAndre Hopkins isn't there either anymore, traded, and he's now with the Tennessee Titans. So, um, I mean, there's really no, this is, we talked last week about, or a few days ago, how the Eagles felt like the one team that we've seen. I mean, not the one, but, obviously the way the game played out where it was just a talent discrepancy. Like uh, you just look at what the Eagles roster have and the, the Rams were just overmatched in certain areas. It shouldn't be the case this week against the, the uh, Arizona Cardinals. Like the Cardinals, I think are playing above their pay grade, even though they only have one win, they've really battled and been in every game. And now going against the Rams team, the Rams, I think have more talent at just about every position, especially on offense. If you look at who they have at quarterback, the receiving core, even the offensive line, um, and then obviously the running backs, as we've mentioned, and then defensively, there's no one on the Arizona offense where, as I just kind of talked about extensively, that scares me that, that I'm worried about this defense. You look at last week, it's like, all right, A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, how does Akella Witherspoon and company slow them down? When you look at their running game, like how did, are the front seven going to really be, when you look at Jalen Hurts and just his physical ability, like how are they going to contain him and which stunts are they going to do? There's no one on Arizona where I am worried by that. Now, that's not to say they might not move the football. They might throw some nice wrinkles in there and surprise uh, stuff. We met the Arizona, you know, QB coach down at the combine, right? So um, they'll have some fun wrinkles in there, I'm sure. But there's there's just not the talent where I'm I'm worried. So long answer to your question. I'm not willing to say this is going to be a blowout, but I think the Rams should definitely handle this game. Like fans should be able to breathe easy during this game and not you know go through cardiac arrest, uh, you know, quarter after quarter. I think. 
Yeah, and this is the kind of team that they're going to do that against. Not only are they not great against the run, the Cardinals, that is to say, um, but they're also one of the – they have one of the uh, lowest pressure rates in the league as well. And they don't blitz either, which is uh, something I wrote about in an article that uh, the Rams kind of have to figure out uh, how, to, how to counteract uh, an effective blitzing team. Um, well, the Cardinals don't uh, blitz. Uh, they blitz also at the lowest rate in the league, I think. Um, so mm – -hmm. You know, this is the kind of game that Matthew Stafford should just take a hold of and they should just not look back. And, um, yeah, that's that's kind of what I'm looking for. We'll, uh, uh, you know, we'll put these Cardinals kind of in their place of uh, being back in the uh, uh, Caleb Williams sweepstakes, uh, Drake May sweepstakes, if you want that. Um, and, uh, yeah, and then, you know, it's another home game. So I think the home crowd uh, will get to see a win. Uh, I think yeah. that would be the would be the first W this year in in SoFi for the Rams, right? I think you're right, yeah, because they won in Seattle and um, in and Indianapolis. Won, uh, in in Indianapolis, yeah. So you know, it's I saw someone tweet. I can't remember who. So I apologize if you're out there listening that I'm not crediting you, but uh, saw someone saying how this is the when the Cardinals come to town, it's truly one of the few great home games for this Rams team or just an LA team because, you know, the Cardinals don't really have a huge fan base. They don't travel, even though it's not that far, you know, you'll, you'll definitely see some Cardinals fans out there, uh, but it's finally like a true home games for these Rams fans. And it's, it's more affordable. I mean, you can just look at ticket prices and, you know, trying to go to that Eagles game. You're looking at three fifty plus for a ticket on the, on the third, third party market. You can go to this Cardinals game for, you know, under $70. And so you can, excuse me, you can bring the family out and, and so it's, yeah, it's fun when the Cardinals come to town and you, we can finally kind of really be a true home game and, and, you know, get loud and proud and so fi and the offense doesn't have to be on a, on a, um, you know, kill count or whatever. So yeah, it's, I think this is a good matchup and a good chance for this Rams team to get back to what they're doing and a good opportunity for Sean McVay to kind of, as we've talked about a lot, skinny, where has kind of a bad game and then he always bounces back with a good one. So I think this is going to come at the, the uh, discretion, I guess, of the Cardinals that they're going to get you know, a good Sean McVay game, if you will. Yeah. It makes me curious where, you know, we'll be our second game with Cooper cut back. I'm, I'm kind of curious as to what exactly this offense is, is going to look like and, and continue to evolve after one game. We'll see it in the second game. Um, you know, obviously we want to see more running. Uh, that's definitely on top of the docket. Um, and just, I want to see much more of that kind of innovative uh, side of McVay. What is he going to do with uh, two uh, great uh, receivers out there? And and then you got Tutu Atwell as well. Van Jefferson, I don't know if we had a chance to talk about him yet, but oh, yeah. uh, he, he was, yeah. <laughs> he was set, set packing for a couple of uh, peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. And, um, uh, but uh, yeah. You know, I think this is a perfect game that we'll be able to see some some interesting things from McVeigh, uh, kind of in that bounce back, and he gets to try try out maybe a few things he he was a little hesitant to uh, roll out against the Eagles. Yeah, and I think that's a good good you know starting point. And let's look at this offense now, and we can we'll go into singular key matchups in the show. But looking just at this matchup more succinctly or more in depth, I guess Skinny, when you look at this offense and wanting to get creative and back to kind of doing some of those jet motions, jet sweeps. We saw, you know, Tutu Atwell have that great touchdown quotes run yeah. against the Bengals that uh, was called back still for no explanation that we know of. Um, 
what do you want to see directly? If we're just, if we're here, we got the headset on, you know, we're putting on the, we got the clipboard, we put on the headset, we're calling a Rams game. Break it down for me. What you're doing, your game plan is against this Rams D or against this Cardinals defense that again, ranks bottom, I believe six in passing and bottom 10 in rush defense. So the Rams should have their way. So what, what's your game plan that you're putting out there? Yeah, I, I, I'm getting the ball to Tutu Atwell a lot in this game. I want to stretch the field. That's what I want to see. Uh, I want to see some of those explosive passes that really defined this team in 2021 that we haven't uh, yet seen uh, without the full uh, slate of wide wide receivers and pass catchers out there. Um, and I want to. I, I would also like to see you know how dynamic exactly can Puka Nakua be? Um, you know, again stretching the field. We've seen him a lot going through the middle, uh, picking up tough yards in that area. He didn't have a, a lot of uh, yards after the catch. Um, so I'd like to see him kind of getting getting a bit more space and and just using Cooper and Nakua uh, off of each other. Um, uh, you know, just let's see what, uh, you know, you know, he's been compared a lot to uh, Robert Woods, uh, Puka Nakua, that is. So, you know, let's um let's see what the extent of that is. Um so I would also love to see Kyron Williams getting used out of the backfield again catching the ball. Um he kind of botched a couple of uh, uh catch attempts, but um I I'd, I'd love to see that happen uh, that being folded into the the Rams offense cuz we we haven't seen that since Gurley's been gone. So, those are a couple of things that I'd like to see and, and get, get Kyron some confidence, uh, toss him the ball um, and just see what he, what he does with those powerful moves that he makes. Love it. Yeah. You know, I'll start with the offensive line. And like we talked about, I think they played admirably last week. Um, you know, Larry Jackson coming back from injury and, and Dotson taking that guard spot uh, with no boom out. And, you know, I thought they, they played fairly well against, you know, one of the best defensive front in football. Uh, but you know, they still gave up 21 pressures, which again is, you know, I'm not shying away from how good the Eagles are, but this Arizona team, I believe only finished with 14 pressures last week and their, their loss to the Bengals. So this is a, another, we talked about a get right game for McVay and the play calling, but this is a good get right game for this offensive line to kind of really get succinct again. Hopefully they're healthy. I know, <laughs> I know Nopum's on the injury chart again, didn't, uh, another did not practice as of Thursday of this recording. Um, but I think, I think moving forward, like I'm fine with this unit being Jackson, Avila, Shelton, Dotson, and then obviously Rob Havenstein. I know, you know, there's still some questions too on Shelton and if he's going to be fully healthier, if we're going to see Brian Allen at center. Um, but overall, I think I just want to see this offensive line get back to kind of what we saw those first couple of weeks when really shocked everyone with how not just well they were playing, but with how kind of mean and nasty they were. I mean, went toe to toe with the Niners and really played bully ball with them a little bit. So get back to being those just maulers in the trenches, I think against this Cardinals team that doesn't have a, a great pass rush um, and they should be able to move guys for running. So love to see that. I think that starts with the run game. I won't, I won't bore people and talk about it too much. Obviously we know we want to get 30 carries, but I would love to see them start it from the jump. So if we're talking game plan, if we're talking game scripts, you know, last week, I believe I may be a little off my number, but I believe it was almost five straight passes before they ran the football on that first drive. Now there was working for them. Then obviously with Cooper cut back in his first game, you want to get him involved early, but I would like to see the running game get involved right off the bat, you know, one or two rushes right off the bat before going to the passing game, just to kind of almost 
make a statement, right? Like, okay, we're going to, we're going to knock you in the mouth and we're going to run the football today and we're going to do it well. And um, I just think you need to do that right off the bat. And that's obviously going to open things up for the passing game. You talk about those big explosive plays and getting two, two behind, you know, the back ends, if you're running the ball more, you're going to see those guys cheat up. I mean, it's, it's fundamental football, right? Skinny, like run the ball, the safeties eventually cheat up and eventually you'll get the big play over the top. So if you, they know you're going to pass it every down, they're not going to cheat up. It's hard to do that. So that's my game plan. Run early and often get the offensive line back to what they were doing early in the season. And then use the explosive play later in the game. Kind of like what we saw in week one against the bears. When Matthew Stafford's first game as a Ram, it was kind of like, was it slow ish start? It's like, okay, when are we going to see him on cork it? And then that second half, it's like, Oh, this is why they traded two first round picks for this guy. There's that cannon arm, but they waited. They methodically got into it. Want to see that in this game, getting back on the right foot. Yeah, the, you know, I, I, we've been asking for them to get more physical, um, and uh, this is a great game to uh, kind of exercise that. And just kind of flipping it over to the other side of the ball, I want to see some takeaways. I think the the defense has had, mm. now has two two interceptions on the yep. year, uh, one of the lowest uh, um, uh, amounts uh, in 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 the NFL. And you know, this is you know. We, that's where you know we'll see a really dominant game is if they're able to take the ball away from this team. So um, I don't know. Do you have any other initial kind of defensive thoughts, or should we move to key matchups? Yeah, just I'm just double checking here. They're in just a turnover differential. The Rams are minus two overall. So would love to get that number back to even. Um, and you know, obviously that would get them no turnovers on the offensive side. We we've seen Stafford make some of those kind of inopportune throws at times. And then obviously on defense, you know, Akilah Witherspoon with that, that um, awesome pick in the end zone last week or right just outside the end zone that saved the touchdown, but more of that. And then, you know, the physical play up front. So totally agree. I think getting in that turnover department, getting that, that differential back, you know, to zero or positive, is what winning football is all about. You know, they say you know, the, the oldest coach's line in, in the in the book is basically you got to win the turnover margin every game, and that's how you're going to win football games. You lose a turnover margin, you're probably going to lose games. Well, add 30 plus carries to that, plus with a turnover margin, you're going to win a lot of football games. So, um, yeah, defensively, like I, we said, we don't need to be down on it. I don't see a ton of worry from the talent on that side of the ball. So let's just jump into some, some in, you said individual matchups, is that what you said? Or score pretty matchups or, or what have you, or. You know, things to watch, I guess. Yeah, yeah. So give me uh, yeah. a key matchup or an individual matchup, I guess, or or whatever key to watch, whatever you want. It's up to you. <laughs> what you're looking for. We, you know, we saw Jalen Hurts run all over the Rams team, and I think the Cardinals uh, can make this a game if Josh Dobbs is uh, running the ball and getting out of the pocket and picking up first downs. He's picked up 12 first downs on the ground. Um, mm. He's got, you know, I think he's the second. The, the team's second leading rusher. And we, you know, we've seen it with Jalen Hurts uh, specifically. We saw it with Anthony Richardson where he was, he was able to keep uh, both of them were able to keep uh, their teams in, in the game and, and keep the, the chains moving. So, you know, I'm going to put this one, I don't want to pick on Michael Hoyt. So I'm going to jump across. And I'm going to say this one's on Byron young, uh, you know, to chase down Josh Dobbs, keep them, keep those uh, edges contained and, and not allow him to kind of shift uh, this game. Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, that's also, you know, especially getting off the field on third down is so critical. And usually when those 
you see those QB runs, if they're not designed, a lot of them happen on scrambles on third down that extend the play and they're back breaking, soul crushing. Like think you're going to get out the field and the guy escapes. So um, yeah, that's a really good one. I like that a lot. Uh, let's go. I'm going to go with off the top. I want to see special teams have a, a really good game. We haven't talked a lot about special teams because we haven't really need to. Um, so I'm going to talk special teams. If you're on radio, we got to go to break here. So Make sure to go to the Rams skinny. You can find it at LAFBnetwork.com. Go to YouTube Rams LAFB or find us anywhere you get podcasts, Apple, Spotify. Just type in the Rams skinny uh, for the rest of this episode. So if you're on radio, appreciate you. Have a blessed weekend. Enjoy the game. We'll be back after the break with more LA football talk. So the offensive line skinny, um, no special team. Sorry. I got distracted there with the the call sign. Um, So yeah, special teams. Would love to see Brett Maher have a clean game. What do you know? What is off the top of your head? His field goal uh, miss and, and losses is right now. I think he's only he's missed played, two. He's played much better than I was expecting when they signed him. I think the entire fan base gave a big like, "Oh man," when they when they signed Brett Maher as their kicker. But I, yeah, I think he's played much better. Um, you know, sticking with the Rams theme, better than expected. And he's done that. Uh, and most of his, his misses, if there's more than two, have all been like 50-plus yarders. Uh, so I think just another clean game from him because as the season progresses, you know, this team is going to need to lean more on their kicking game to either pull away in games or in critical moments, whether that's at the half or at the end of games. Uh, because, you know, this is a football team that I think in every game is going to be one possession type situations. And so you've got to have confidence in your kicker. Um, obviously the punting game has been actually tremendous. I mean, that was one of their best draft picks of this year. Just guy is booming them. Um, and then obviously they've been clean in the return game. No, no big breaks, but they've been clean. So not an exciting one, but Hey, I just want to see a good, clean, clean game from the kicking game. Brett Maher be a hundred percent. I love it. Yeah. I mean, it's another, it's the, the, the third facet and we rarely talk about it. He's missed four. Uh, two, two from between 40 and, uh, 49 and two from, uh, beyond 50. One of those was a block as well. Uh, I think during the San Francisco game, mm-hmm. um, or maybe not, right. maybe the Indy game anyway, uh, former Cornhusker as well. Just throw that out there. I lived in Nebraska for a long time. Uh, I did not realize that. Um, go. I will well, say yeah. at least he's he is ten for ten on extra points. So hey, yes. happy there. Yeah. Which last yeah. year that was his that was his kryptonite last year was the extra points. So we'll take the hundred percent on that. Yeah, I think um, where am I going to go for another one? Um, I had it in mind, and then we started talking kickers. And once you started talking kickers, you know we all, we always get distracted. <laughs> <laughs> even though even though James Conner is going to be out, um, I. You know, and I this isn't a great one either, just because it's hard to pick these out because, um, yeah, I just think this is going to be this is going to be a, a, a dominant uh, dominant win, and I'm probably jinxing jinxing it. Amari Demar uh, De Mercado is his backup, and I don't know. I heard some praise about him, and uh, it's, that could be something interesting to watch in this game. I suppose is uh, you know what uh, De Mercado will look like and. And James Connor's stead. I have James Connor on my fantasy team as well. So I got to, mm. like I said before, I got all sorts of roster management to take care of. We're playing each other this week. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Little, little Ram skinny showdown this week. So 
we'll see how that goes. But, but yeah, obviously, you know, James Conner is a very, very good back. I think he led, didn't he lead the league in touchdowns last year, if not mistaken, um, or, is, or is definitely right up there. And so, you know, that's a big hole to fill. But, you know, we talk all the time about how this NFL is a, you know, it's a next man up league, especially at the running back position, which is why a lot of these guys can't get paid because this is where you seize your moment. This is an Austin Eckler type moment. Guy gets injured, you come in and, and really round the world. So the Rams are going to let that not happen. So I agree with you. That is a matchup to watch. Um, I think kind of final one for me, you know, and then we can we can give our score predictions and and wrap this thing up. But, you know, the one real vet on this team who obviously used to be one of the best in the entire league, but now is still capable, but just isn't as utilized as much is tight end Zacherts. And so this is a guy that I think can go off and the Rams, depending how they play it, if it's going to be a Jordan Fuller or a safety on him, or they're going to have Ernest Jones or a backer, follow him around. When you look at this offense and, you know, Rondell Moore and Marquise Brown, and they got some talented pieces, nothing as I've said many times already in this episode, nothing that I'm real too worried about, but Zach Ertz is a guy that can absolutely, you know, be that game changing tight end. And unfortunately last week we saw Dallas Godair really go off. I mean, he hadn't, he had been contained kind of all season. His, the former running mate with Zach Ertz and then took Zach Ertz spot and shipped Zach Ertz over to Arizona. Well, Zach Ertz is going to say, Oh yeah, I just saw what my old buddy Dallas Godair did against this defense. It's my turn to do it too. So I think that's one we don't want to see Michael Hoyt running down the sideline with Zach Ertz. And so how is Raheem Morris going to scheme up the coverages that make sure Zach Ertz is always accounted for. And there's always having, you know, the right personnel in when he's on the field. So that is probably the one matchup I am kind of like, not necessarily worried, but want to see Raheem Morris and how this defense reacts to kind of what they allowed last week um, and make sure that doesn't happen again. Yeah. And my final one that I just remembered was uh, McVay against third down. Um, you know, I think last week's game could have been a lot more winnable if there were they were executing uh, some of those uh, picking up some of those third downs, getting first downs there. And uh, McVay just can't shoot himself in the foot and the team has to execute. So, um, you know, mo- most of the problems from last week that led up to third and longs were actually problems on first and second down, which is where the running game game can really help out um so uh they you know that's where i want to see a clean game is uh they're just uh efficiently and effectively picking up first downs not getting not getting behind the chains not getting behind the eight ball where they have they have to make a big play or they have to execute something uh you know an eight yard third and eight something like that and that's been that's been something that's been plaguing the Rams uh, off and on all season is just an inability in those situations. So I'd love to see just a nice, uh, clean, executed, well called uh, first and second down sets up, you know, third and two, or they pick up the first down on second down. So um, that you know yeah. we could learn. I think we could learn a lot, um, you know, watching that kind of football. Hundred percent. Yeah, and it's funny you say that. I was in. Uh the zoom press conference today with Lincoln Riley coach, of the USC. And that's been kind of SC's not problem this year. I mean, their, their offense has been dominant, but last week specifically against Arizona, ironically, the state of Arizona, um, they faced a lot of third, they, like their third down percentage was much, much worse. And it was exactly for you're saying they kept facing third and long or third and extra long because they were inefficient on first and second down. So um, hopefully Sean McVay, I know him and Lincoln Riley are, 
I don't know how close they are, but I know they they do talk. I know they've said before that they're friends off the field in some capacity. So hopefully McVay kind of saw what happened with USC facing the University of Arizona. And now they're facing the Arizona Cardinals and say, you know what, I need to be efficient on those first and second downs. So those were facing third and twos and third and threes and not third and eight and third and nines. Cause that's how um, you really keep drives alive and you don't force yourself into these unwinnable situations. Um, the last, I, I not necessarily a matchup skinny, but the last thing we should talk about, or you know, if, if you don't have anything to add, you don't have to, you don't feel obligated. But um, if I guess it's a matchup and it's Sean McVay versus second half of football games, like we got to see, this team score points in the second half. They have struggled so much outside of the Seattle game in week one when they went off in the second half. It was like the opposite of what's been since then. This team has struggled in the second half for now basically three weeks in a row, certainly two weeks in a row with the Colts and Eagles. So that is something that we need to see when they when the game's off script after those first you know couple possessions – how the offense and how McVay keeps things going. And if they start getting a few three and outs, which we've seen this team that happened before skinny is they stack a few three and outs and it's like, then they can never get back on track. So how do they slow the game down again, take a breath, you know, get back on track, start stacking yards and getting drives back going to put points on the board. And even if it's a couple field goals, talked about Brett Maher in a clean game, you know, that's fine because it's much better than a goose egg in the second half or three points in the second half total. Um, so Sean McVay versus the second half is kind of the final true matchup to see if this team's taken that next step and everything they say in press conferences, isn't just all talk and it's actually being applied to, you know, the game plan, especially the second half game plan. So got to see what this team does in the second half. Cause I'd have no, no qualms or fears about the first half. I think they'll come out fired up and play really well, but what's that second half going to look like? And are they going to let Arizona back in it? Or are they going to pull away and play like they're capable of? Yeah, it's that's fantastic point. And I wish, I wish I knew if there's a few people in this world that I want to crawl up into their head and just kind of explore, like what, what were you thinking here? Uh, And McVeigh is one of those guys where I'm, I, I'm so, it's so unusual how he can be, um, such a great uh, play caller and head coach just across the board. Um, and then just, it just falls apart sometimes. And, you know, it, yeah. it, it, you know, like last year really showed exactly how far it could fall apart. You know, there was uh, you know, all these reports uh, specifically by Jordan Rodriguez, you know, she kind of had a great piece after last season where uh, she basically um, highlighted that he kind of uh, pulled himself away from the team and, and pulled himself away from the other coaches just because, he, he didn't feel like he had the answers and um, you know, uh, it's just amazing that he's, he's so good at sometimes and then all of his confidence falls away or he's, 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 he's trying to pull the, the, the wrong strings at the wrong time or, or, or something like that. And it, yeah, it's, uh, I'm, I'm always at a loss when that happens because you, we've seen him, we've seen him be really fantastic. We've seen him be really fantastic for all four quarters of games and, uh, you know, I'm, there's another, there's another one that happens where he kind of, uh, slows down and, and kind of, um, the Rams, uh, lose that innovative edge as we move into November, late October, November, where he's always had that kind of slump. And it's just these weird, um, pathologies where, you know, he, he does the same thing every year and it's just like, uh, you know, you could probably fix that if you, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. but I, 
I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how. I don't know what to tell the guy. You know, uh, if I if I if I did, uh, I'd probably be uh, uh, making a lot more money. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's I. I'm really curious, and I know they're close, but I'm curious the relationship between Lafleur and McVeigh, because in any business, especially when it comes to football, it's like you kind of when you're a leader of an organization or a franchise, you kind of need someone that's willing to challenge you sometimes, especially if things, you know, start regressing or repeat. Like if you're even in the business world and you're a CEO or an owner of a company, like you need someone that's willing to say, Hey, we need to do this and like push back and not just, you know, bend over backwards to do whatever you say. And it's always felt like, and again, we're not in the org, we're not there. So this couldn't be incorrect. And I don't think by any means Sean McVay runs his team like a dictatorship or a totalitarian organization. I don't believe that, but it all, it does seem like there's never really been that voice outside of maybe the very beginning of his coach when he had Wade Phillips as a DC, but there hasn't been that voice to really challenge him in a way and say, Hey, like we need to do this. I don't care what you're saying. Like we got, let's try this. Like, let's try this. Never really felt like that. There's been moments sometimes with Kevin O'Connell, where it was like, okay, we see some things that are, are changing. Uh, there have been other moments, maybe even this year, where we like, okay, maybe this was why LaFleur was the right hire, specifically you look at like the Seattle game. But I, we haven't seen it consistently. And so like in those moments, like against the Bengals, when the, when the play calling was just really poor and the offense could not get out of their own way, um, or even last week in the second half, obviously just couldn't really get things going. Is it going to be LaFleur or who's going to be that guy that goes to him and says, hey, we got to try something different? Like running these these intermediate to long routes is just not working. Like we need to change up the game plan, change up the script here. So I'm curious what their relationship's like because sometimes it's really hard for friends to do that. When it's a good friend, when it's a really close family friend or you have deep ties, like it's you're afraid of, you know, I know I've struggled with that before. Like you're afraid of hurting the feelings of someone. Obviously, you know, these are professional coaches and making millions of dollars, but just curious what that relationship is like, because you, you need that sometimes. And I think that would that's what makes you better is when you have that person that pushes back every now and then and doesn't just blindly do whatever you want. Yeah. And that's kind of why I was beating the table uh, when they were searching for uh, the offensive coordinator for somebody that had a lot more experience. Maybe maybe somebody that was older. Uh, you know, I know Frank Reich's uh, name was kind of floated out there. Um, I think that would have been a, a really interesting relationship. Um, and it seems like for a while, at least it was working, uh, whatever, uh, LaFleur was bringing to the table. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a great point. And I, I think that he just gets stuck in the, some of those tendencies that he, that he loves and, and I've stopped working <laughs> and that's, uh, that's a hard, that's a really hard thing to watch from our perspective and fan fans perspective, just because, um, you know, this offense was the thing that was supposed to drive this team. It was the thing that was supposed to make this team um, better than okay and, and, and in games and, and, and winning games. And they've been in games, but, you know, they're two and three. So they've lost more than they've won. <laughs> yeah, and they've scored, what, in, in three straight games, 16 points, 23 points, 14 points. So um, definitely hasn't been a an offensive explosion by any means. Uh, and you know, two of those games weren't against exactly strong defenses. I know the Bengals, you know, are a good team and they just started slow and they're improving, but I wouldn't call them a, a dominant defense Eagles. Yes. 
Colts, no, not a dominant defense outside of maybe the front four or uh, the front seven. So, um, yeah, got a seat in this one when you go against this this uh, uh, Cardinals team that you know just gave up 34 points to a Bengals team, which was their most point total of the entire season. So it's a defense that this team should be able to score against and and should be able to get right on track and get back to 500 uh, and get you know keep stacking things for this team. So. Unless there's anything else to add, let's get to score predictions. Yeah, let's do it. All righty, you start. Who you okay. got in this one? It sounds like we're both taking the Rams as a win. Surprise, yeah. surprise. But what's your what's your score here? I've, I've been wanting to see them score more than thirty points, so I'm going to say thirty-one to. Uh, let's go with eighteen. Is where I'm going to where I think mm. this game's going to fall. Eighteen. Okay, I like it. Um, yeah, as I said, they gave up thirty-four to the Bengals last week. The Cardinals. That is. And, you know, I think the Rams, obviously Jonathan Gannon's a, a really good defensive coach and has a lot of pride and he's going to want to get that defense in a better spot. But I think the Rams and Sean McVay also have a lot of pride. And as I just alluded to, have not played very good offensively, especially in the second halves for now three weeks in a row. So I do think they they call a good game. I think we'll see some fun wrinkles in there. I, I You know what? I'm going to throw something out there. I think we're going to see play design, Skinny. I think we're going to see a Cooper Cup throw like a, a basically a, a screen pass Cooper cup on the outside and either hitting a Puka Nakua or a two, two on a, uh, on a nine route down. I just think I didn't, we see OBJ do that against the Cardinals in the playoffs. I think they bring it back against yeah. this Cardinals team back in SoFi, but it's cup to Nakua and, and just keeps that, that dynasty of them to growing ever stronger. So with that, I think they put up 35 points. Um, you know, I think the, I think the Cardinals would probably do a little late surge uh, to make it interesting. Uh, but I don't think they get past 20. So I'll go 35, 20 Rams when this one and McVay pushes his record to 12 and two over the Cardinals. And I think this is the first time the, uh, the Rams have been favored heading into a game. They're six, six and a half point favorites. I think you're right. Yeah. Six and a half big number. So, yeah, you know, I think uh, with that, you know, when you looked at this, this first six games for this team, I think if anyone, you told them the Rams would be three and three, I think they would have been happy with that when you look at the the teams they had to play to start the season. So uh, you win this one, you get back to three and three, you're basically starting over. You're very much in the thick of things and hopefully you get some things corrected that they weren't able to accomplish in the last couple of weeks. So with that, I am Ryan Dabrud for Skinny T. Thank you for tuning into the Rams Skinny here on the LA Football Network. Once again, please, please, please hit that like and subscribe button on the Rams LAFB YouTube channel. Head to lafbnetwork.com for all of our Rams content, and uh, we'll have plenty more stuff for this game in the next coming days, and we'll have plenty of coverage during and after the game on Sunday as well. Everyone, appreciate you for the support. Have a great weekend. Go Rams! (laughs) 